0: Well, hello and welcome back to our journey through the book of Leviticus. Today is Leviticus chapter 11. And once again, as we have been saying, the goal of the entire book of Leviticus is to teach a slave nation how to be free and how to stay free. And so what God does is he lays out some straightforward rules to help them know where their boundaries are. Hey, here's good things. Do these things. Hey, here's dangerous, difficult not good things, stay away from the poison, stay away from the bad because God was interested in their freedom. And if God hadn't done this at the end of the 40 years of wandering, there would have been no nation of Israel to then go into the promised land. They would have been dead of disease or famine or a neighboring army that they would not have known how to stay free. And so that's why God does this is to teach them how to stay free and also to teach them how to stay in his favor and stay in his presence. And today is one of those where We're just going to read straight through it. it. It is a long chapter, but it has a very simple meaning. And the meaning is, these animals are safe to eat. Eat these animals. These animals are not good to eat. Stay away from these animals. you got to imagine, these people had grown up in an area that was in Egypt, and they didn't go on vacations like we do nowadays. They didn't get to experiment. They'd probably eat the same kind of food forever. Well, now they're in a completely different area and they're having to live off the land, having to try to trade with neighboring nations, they have all these different things. And they don't know what should be eaten and what should not be eaten. And there were different kinds of clean animals and different kinds of unclean animals. And that's there were different reasons. And honestly, a lot of people have done research on these and say that a lot of the unclean animals also are unhealthy animals to eat. They can bring on heart disease and different things. And it's been amazing to, to see over the years how some doctors and different things have said, wow, there's such wisdom in a lot of the animals that God says to not eat. Turns out that these are bad for you, so God knows exactly what He's doing. So what we're going to see right here is kind of dietary restrictions or opportunities where God is saying, hey, these are not good for you. Stay away from them. These are the great ones. Go and eat those. So in chapter 11, there is 48, 47 verses. So we're going to read straight through these and just imagine what God is saying is, Uh, Because I love you, don't eat these local ones. And because I love you, eat these good ones. And this is important. So we're going to read straight through this. And then at the end, we're going to come back to our overall principle. And that is God cares enough to care about the details. Here we go. Chapter 11, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instruction to the people of Israel. Of all the land animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat any animal that has completely split hooves and chews the cud. You may not, however, eat the following animals that have split hooves that chew the cud, but not both. The camel chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so he is ceremonially unclean for you. The hyrax chews the cud and does not have split hooves, so he is unclean. The hare chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so he is unclean. The pig evenly split hooves but does not chew the cud, so it is unclean. You may not eat meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. They are ceremonially unclean for you. Of all the marine animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat anything from water if it is both fins and scales, whether taken from salt water or from streams, but you must not eat animals from the sea or from rivers that do not have both fins and scales. They are detestable to you. This applies to both little creatures that live in shallow water to all the creatures that live in the deep water. They will always be detestable for you. You must never eat the meat or even touch their dead bodies. Any marine animal that does not have both fins and scales is detestable to you. Verse 13. These are the birds that are detestable to you. You must not eat them. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture the black vulture, the kite, the falcons of all kinds, ravens of all kinds, the eagle owl, short-eared owl, the seagull, hawks of all kinds, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, barn owl, the desert owl, the Egyptian vulture, the stork, herons of all kinds, hoopos, and the bat. You must not eat winged insects that walk along the ground. They are detestable to you. You may, however, eat winged insects that walk along the ground and have joint legs so that they can jump. These insects you are permitted to eat, including all of the kinds of locusts, bald locusts, crickets, and grasshoppers. All other winged insects that walk along the ground are detestable to you. Verse 24, "...the following creatures will make you ceremonially unclean. If any of you touch their carcasses, you will be defiled until evening." If you pick up their carcasses, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. Any animal that has split hooves that are not evenly divided or does not chew the cud is unclean for you. If you touch these carcasses of such an animal, you will be defiled. Of the animals that walk on all fours, those who have paws are unclean. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. If you pick up its carcass, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. These animals are unclean for you. Of the small animals that scurry along the ground, these are unclean for you. The mole rat, the rat, large lizards of all kinds, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the common lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. Of all of these small animals are unclean for you. If any of you touch the dead body of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening if such an animal dies and falls on something that object will be unclean this is true whether the object is made of wood cloth leather or burlap whatever its use you must dip it in water and it will remain defiled until evening after that you will be ceremonially clean and may it may be used again if such an animal falls into a clay pot everything in the pot will be defiled and the pot must be smashed if the water from such a container spills on any food Food will be defiled, and any beverage such in such a container will also be defiled. Any object on which the carcass of such an animal falls will be defiled. If it is an oven or a hearth, a hearth, excuse me, it must be destroyed, for it is defiled, and you must treat it accordingly. However, if the carcass of such an animal falls into a spring or a cistern, the water will still be clean, but anyone who touches the carcass will be defiled. And if the carcass falls on seed grain to be planted on the field, the seed will be considered clean. But if the seed is wet, when the carcass falls on it, the seed will be defiled. And then finally, verse 39-46 talks about eating land quadrupeds. If an animal you are permitted to eat dies or you touch its carcass, you will be defiled until evening. If you eat any of its meat or carry it away or carry away its carcass, you must wash your clothes and remain defiled until evening. All small animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. This includes all animals that slither along their bellies, as well as those with four legs and with those with many feet. All such animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. Do not defile yourselves by touching them. You must not make yourselves ceremonially unclean because of them, for I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. So do not defile yourselves with any of these animals that scurry along the ground. No problem there. I'm not going to eat any of that disgusting stuff. Sorry. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. These are the instructions regarding land animals, birds, marine creatures, animals that scurry on the ground, and by these instructions you will know what is unclean and clean, which animals may be eaten and which animals may not be eaten. I'm sorry there at the end, guys. I just couldn't handle any more. like, okay, you know what, God? You don't have to worry about me eating any of these animals that have many legs. It, <laughs> but then I guess if you're hungry enough, right? Well, here's the thing about this. We just got through reading a long list where God is very specific on what to do. And if you have never been on a diet before, that probably seems exhaustive and maybe a little overall explanation. But can I tell you, I have been on many diets in my life, and when I decide I'm going to do a diet, I want to know all the details, because if there's wiggle room, I'm looking for it. And I, I need to know exactly where my boundaries are so that I know if I'm doing it right. And so what God is doing is, is the overall principle to me from this is that God loves us enough to care about the details. He wants us to be able to know, hey, here's the right way to go. Here's the wrong way to go, because God wants us to have confidence that whatever it is that He is asking us to do, there's a good reason for it, and we know exactly where we stand. You know, it would have been so much different if God was being vague and just saying, ah, in the general area, that would create confusion. God is trying to eliminate confusion so they know exactly what to do. And He says, hey, listen, I need to not eat pigs. There's a real good reason for it. Did you notice there was a lot, a lot of the birds he said not to eat were scavengers. And he's like, hey, if it eats something dead, you know, if it, if it picks at a dead carcass, hey, how about you don't eat that? I think that's a good idea, you know. And there's a lot of things that God is saying, I'm not trying to take away your fun, I'm trying to protect you. And so there's real good reasons why he does these things. And so for me, the overall thing is God loves me enough to give me the details so that I can make a good decision. And so how about you? Out of all of that, do you see that overarching principle that God loves us enough to tell us? so that we can make good decisions. I look forward to hearing in the comments this long chapter and maybe what your experience is with doing diets. And if you could kind of hear some of that making sense. Look forward to seeing you next time right here for our journey through the book of the